0: Welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by an illustrious panel. Um, the hardworking panel, the ravishing panel. Working class heroes. Working class heroes. That's the voice of Chris- Christian Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Oh, that that. So I fucked that. Uh, off to a bad start. I genuinely meant to say Christian. Yeah. Um, but then. At least you didn't do the accent. But in my head, I was like, Christian? because of like you're some, Christ your some Christ. sort of Christ figure uh, that's the voice of Christian Wolfe um, sitting across from me I can barely see him he's wearing camouflage but he's on a couch as I always do as he always does um, and he
1: is a lot smaller now so, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like there has been no shrinkage. wonder you
0: can't see him there has been shrinkage but he looks between his legs so, as he always does <laughs> <laughs> again what is happening After a great start After a great start <laughs> Keenan's mum hopefully she's not listening uh, she That's can something. confirm. Is that- no, well, let's hope she's yeah. not listening here. Keon has a small penis. No. <laughs> let's. Come on, bad start. Anyway, um, the music you just heard as we were coming in was from Glasgow ga- Shoegaze Band, Cherry Wave. Um, shoegaze Band? Shoegaze Band. Um, I'm too old to know what a Shoegaze Band was. Well, that? Shoegaze was kind of defined in the late 80s early 90s my bloody valentine okay all the kind of uh, like, like emo. essentially it's when the guitar player looks down at his shoes because he's so focused and in, you know sonic youth had an element of shoegaze okay. this is a this is for another podcast okay. but yeah so um cherry wave are a terrific band i've seen them a couple of times uh get involved we're going to tweet out their um information What's um, their the band camp band camp yes as in the band camp I don't know where you're going with that. No, okay, an American Pie reference? No, yes, that's that's a level of we're Kieran's... We're aiming amazing. a bit higher with the cultural <laughs> references um, on this part. Yes, so I uh, check those guys out. Also, I just want to make this point: um, the Spinal Tap Bands FC badge was done by Chris Bowd of the Ninety Minutes It.
1: I think it's the best band FC badge yet.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. Turn
2: up to eleven, as we said, Kieran. were you impressed with your Very impressed. It was also. I'm going to a little bit stupid here, but it was also retweeted by potential is that was the one the person that retweeted it some radio guy i don't know who
0: radio guy. Some, but it's it, you know it, bands fc is a genuinely terrific uh i guess project that's that's happening check it out at bands band
1: fc on on twitter and stuff i mean it would be nice if bow put some work in for this podcast as well but yeah Oof. Files already. Shot
0: fired. shots fired um we're going to start quickly with uh um i had this i an idea this is going to be terrible this is probably going to be terrible, but do you know what? We'll give it a go. It's a new season. It's a new start. We're taking the, we're turning it up to eleven with the, the ninety minutes in nice. it. Um, so I watched a lot of eighties action films. Um, over the weekend, I regret this already. I watched a lot of eighties action films uh, over the weekend because
1: and the, the girlfriend was away.
0: Yeah, she was. She was uh, in Barra. fantastic um, place, fantastic <laughs> Catholic <laughs> stronghold, Barra. fantastic. Place. One of our own. Um. So I watched some terrific 80s films and I realised that these 80s films, um, a lot of them had connections to Celtic players um, I'll give you an example, Kieran looks absolutely perplexed, I will talk you through it Kieran um, So Predator you could connect with John Collins because he wore Oh yes, Did you spread Adidas Predator uh, The Running Man could be with Didier Gat because he just just to run So all he could do. <laughs> Just Just run um, I'm going to name. Uh, I'll, I'll name the third one. I wasn't going to use the third one, but Commando could be Scott Brown because he commands the midfield. Are we liking this
1: game? Yeah my my favorite eighties f- film was. Uh, oh, we don't ask you for your favorite eighties okay. film. Okay, okay, I'll just. No, no. Did you don't want to hear it? No, no, I do. Yeah, it's uh, it's big with Tom Hanks.
2: So, <laughs> I could, don't know yeah, <laughs> could, uh, Bobo Baldi because he was a huge yeah. Of a man. He
0: gets the game, yeah, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. Harpoons on it. Although
2: Commando, g- you could also associate associated with Johan Mialbi because he looked like a rather well, large Commando man. Look at this
0: guy; he, he, he's got it. But I've got a couple for you, and I just want to see who you would who would you would choose. So the first one would be again. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, thinking. so missing in action MIA, which is a Chuck Norris film. Who from the Celtic squad? James Forrest, maybe. Going back a couple of years. It's, it must be Marvin Comper. That's exactly who it is. Okay. So that's a, that's a point. Police story. Think about... Legalistic. Yeah, we go. Legalistic because oh. of the police hat. Okay. Um, uh, the Goonies, I just put dash air defence. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. laughs> I, was like, I come on, sure. that's quite a good one, air defence. Uh, Beastmaster. Unit. Dominates. I air. Dembele? Boom, Dembele. Oh, yeah. This isn't a point system either, I've just realised I'm not giving <laughs> anyone points. Uh, well, up for Death Wish, I put Siminovich because he's a fucking Death Wish <laughs> when he's on the pitch. Uh, Silent Assassin, I put Callum McGregor. <sighs> mm. Nice. that one, like that one. Uh, Lethal Weapon, I put French Eddie. Lethal Weapon 2, I put Mikey Johnson. And uh, I didn't do Lethal Weapon 3. What happened um, to us, giving us a chance to get
1: Yeah, to you them? seem to be taking over yourself.
3: Uh, yeah, you
0: just Okay, I'll give you. This is one's for Christian specifically. First blood. You mentioned his name a minute ago. A year. Yeah, everybody yes. cut his head. The first, first cut is the deepest. Exactly, which is a song, which is not to do with films. Okay. Uh, and the final one, Cobra, which is Chris Commons, because he's a snake-like bastard. Okay, so <laughs> there we go. It's <laughs> so. good. Um, then that could have gone worse. I thought that went well. Yeah, Keiran.
2: Yeah, impressed. I thought it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, We'll probably not be doing any more we games <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast again. Uh, okay, so we're back. Um, season 2018-2019. 20, 20, Before we talk about expectations and um, we're going to do a breakdown of the squad, uh, we're going to look ahead to the tie with Rosenberg. We've got um, Ben coming on from Football Radar, um, which was uh, should be interesting give us some insight into Rosenberg. Obviously, we've got yourself, Christian, as well, who is a uh, crone ball. Is that a thing? Crone the ball. Crone the ball. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, firstly I want to talk about the SPFL have brought, reintroduced the Reserve League. Um, fantastic. <sighs> Kieran's happy with it. Why so you have ha- been
2: taken away in the first place because it's given the Reserve, it's given the kids a competitive football. Okay. It's given them, that's a way, another way of developing because obviously they're being developed within the club itself by the coaching staff but it's tough for them to get into the first team because obviously the, the, the kind of quality we have and we yes. see here. We, we look at our bench the depth of our squad is really really big so these kids haven't really got a chance to kind of show what they can do under the kind of the pressure of a competitive game yeah. so having the reserve lead, lead back I think is um, a great, great um, thing I think
0: most Kind of prefer- I, know, I know you might go another way, Christian, but I think oh, most, mo- most professionals that I've spoken um, spoke to that I've listened to in podcasts have basically said the Reserve League will, um, you know, playing against older professionals it'll help you kind of hone your craft a little bit more. If you're playing against guys of the same age as you, that step up obviously becomes harder. But if you're playing with seasoned professionals who are going to treat you roughly and are going to kind of, you know, Maybe give you a little bit of uh, how's your father? That's not a phrase. Um, <laughs> Jesus, off oh, that terrible! That? But you know, I, I think th- I think there's something to be said against playing a competitive game against a 33 year old who's just going to half you.
1: I don't think it's going to be any more competitive than the development league. Um, first of all, the development league you can play five overage players now. So, uh, and I just I think people. A lot of ex-pros and people and journalists think, this oh yeah, bring back the reserve leagues because that's why they know. That's what that's what when they were playing. That's what they're used to. If, if, if the goal is, as you say, I think what we want for the development of young Scottish players is, as you say, uh, have them playing competitive matches against yeah people who's, who's more experienced but games that really matters. First of all, I don't think the reserve league is going to matter any more than the development league. And, and second of all, um, I just—if that is the goal—bring in cold teams, and I know there's plenty of good arguments against cold teams, especially from from smaller clubs. But you, you can't say, "Oh, we're going to bring in the reserve leagues again," because they'll help with the development of, of young players. But what's happened in the last nine years? For you to then you scrapped it at some point. Nothing's happened in those nine years to make you know you know <laughs> you weren't creating great players when the reserve league was there you haven't been creating a wealth of great praise when development league was there so I think it's a fudge I think if you're serious about really developing young Scottish players you bring in cold teams K- uh, but if if that's if if and, and I completely appreciate that if you think it's more important that you keep cold teams out of the league system which is fair arguments for fair enough but I don't come and say oh this is good for development of, of, of Scottish players because um, I don't see why it would be
0: Keenan, can I ask you a question um if Celtic, can you obviously have a season ticket, if Celtic were playing away from home um, and so you didn't have a game to go to, would you go and see a Colt team play in the third division, like a
2: competitive game? Would would that interest you? Um, it could do, but now that I have another half, that might be a bit more difficult, <laughs> taking up more and more time with the football. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops.
1: Oh just happened to mention but that. But
2: then now, thinking that, <laughs> see, actually, now. You he wanted that. to get that. Yeah, he wanted to mention that. that Yeah,
1: I've <laughs> got a bird now. So it's really, really lot. Lot. Yeah. But yeah.
2: I suppose now, if you look further down the league, that would maybe be difficult now for smaller teams like, for instance, St. Mirna up now and Dundee to be able to provide a team for the Reserve League and the Development League, as well as their first 11. So they might not have the pool of that amount of players where they can obviously the, the reserve will be a half of play, fringe players who don't play in the first 11 and half of youngsters coming up people will need to get fit but did they bring up more youngsters into the development squad I suppose and it's a, a chance for a lot of these, a lot of these clubs around. are actually closing down their youth so how would that then teams. now work with the for instance Rangers and Celtic have a cult team in the, this League Cup don't they Ye, no but it's was that previously development
0: team
3: it's a in?
2: development team in the uh, it's the challenge cup is it not yeah the challenge, the challenge cup challenge cup yeah but that's the, the development team, so I think then the reserve would be part of that, or would that change that around, you think? I don't know. I, I, again, I, I think it's kind of... Uh, at this point, we're kind of
0: without information of how how cult teams would work if they were in league, how the reserve team... Uh, the reserve league, I think, it would just go back to what it was, which, personally, I... I can see the the benefit of it, but also as Christian says, I don't necessarily know if it will actually help the fundamental development I, of youth I, players.
1: I think it's just, it's a slight facelift on what's it now. I, I think I think,
0: I think this sums up Scottish football though. There's absolutely no plan when when they see one thing kind of not working, let's just slap dash something that we had before that didn't really work either. Um, it's yeah, just yeah, a lack of planning.
1: I I think if if you're really serious about this, you just have to. There was a lot of talk about the cold teams and I think cold teams introduction can be done in a pretty fair way if you also you look at restructuring the whole league system you can maybe do some regional divisions and and so on um but this is just a fudge going back to the things The things I like to were before and I think it's a sense of when every time the Scottish FA kind of think about a little bit new and progressive and if there's a little bit too much noise out there against that, they go, oh, we'll just go back to what we did. You know, if they had any guts, they'd just go, look, lads and girls, we're just gonna go restructure the league system, we're gonna put cold teams. It's good for the development of Scottish football teams. The rest of Europe does it. You know, suck it up and get used to it. At least that I would have respected. This is just a fudge again.
0: He's he's loving the word fudge.
1: I, um, I, fudge.
0: Um, I'm sure we'll get back to this as kind of it kind of develops over the season. But anyway, season 2019, eighteen, twenty nineteen. I'm looking at Kieran Haddon. I'm looking at expectation level going into the new season. What is your expectation level?
2: What's the bare minimum as well? For me, bare minimum is group stages of the Champions League. Okay. And obviously the treble. I can't I can't see why we can't do it again. I've I've not watched a lot of What's been going through the the season with other teams in the league? Um, I know there's obviously the the team in the other side. They've had a new manager. They're bringing new players in. But from what I've been hearing, they're still not quite gelling yet. They're they're, they're still got players there. They probably shouldn't have. They should have punted. Right. Um, I don't see them challenging us again this season. Look at the, look at this swagger. I look at am not going to too Love big it. It, But I don't. No, see why should me, they? Because we we're, we're still. We're kinda getting we are getting better again. We
0: um I think we've started pre season and the Champions League and we look terrific.
2: We look focused, we looked ang- we look angry. Players look the players look leaner. I know we're gonna go on to the, the game last week, but yeah. I must the first one but seen the second league, but a number of players look leaner, they look fitter, they look hungrier, like they, they look as if they've kind of got a a kinda of concentration level this year already. Yeah. Just at the start of I think he said Look, I want us to hit the ground running. None of this thing. Oh, it's pre season, take it a wee bit easier. Just get yourself You're easing yourself back in. No, he said, I want you running straight away. I want you go straight in there. And then I mean the two games we'd barely got a first, second gear. Yeah. There was more gears we could have gotten. and one of those games was was with ten men for the majority of this of the game. Yeah. And well, still weren't troubled. So, so, so coming
0: to that, um, we've got a question from Celtic Photos, I'll bring you in, in a second, Christian. But um Celtic at Celtic Photos have asked us, um your honest expectations for Europe? What are your expectations for Europe, Kieran? I know you mentioned the group stages, but above and beyond that, or?
2: It's hard to say. I mean, we've seen how we played last year. We haven't really enhanced the personnel much over the summer, so we're not bringing in more kind of European experience or quality players. So, however, I like to think they've learned from last season, and we might not take like spankings in, in the group stages <laughs>
3: let's lot.
2: kind of bring that down a little bit yeah. Um, but you can't see just now because you really don't know what the draw is I mean, sometimes, I mean the draw was very unkind to us last year I mean, two of the biggest horses in Europe was in our group yeah. whereas you might find there was another couple of groups that had we gone in we thought mm, we could have done a there bit better some, there was some maybe, not, groups yeah maybe not in the last 16 however a better of a count with the potential of can, the Europa League yeah um, Christian um what do you think the expectation level should be going
1: into this new season? I think we kind of touch upon this every, at this point of every season, because in a way, you would almost want to set the expectations for Celtic season after you know what kind of European competitions they'll be in. As Because, as Kieran says, it could be due to the draw, but also if, if they get through this, which is quite frankly tougher qualifying stages now I, I agree that Celtic look leaner they look better uh, but again it's 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 cup football so you, you can't get a bad referee decision you could have a, a bad game and you're out of the Champions League
0: um, if Serminovic gets sent off for example against Rosenberg it could have been a completely different
2: time. at least there's no VR yeah.
1: <laughs> thank god um, raging I think that it's, so you kind of have to do that part of the season first and go okay we're in the Champions League or we're in the Europa League group stages. So I think, unless you're in one of those two, I think the season is gone off to have, just as by the start of one of our podcasts, to be honest. Um, so I, I think you have to almost re-evaluate at that point, because then, especially when you know the draw. So if you go into the Champions League group stages and you look at the draw and say, well, actually, this should be our expectation. We should actually qualify for that group. Or you go, yeah, a third place finish in that would be fine. So uh, at at this point, you can't even, I think it's almost hopeless to say, oh, we should reach the, the European, uh, you know, the Champions League last 16 or the Europa League last 32 because you don't know if you're going to be in the competition or not. Would
0: would the Europa League be the end of the world?
1: I, I don't, you know, obviously in one way, it's, it'll be a real downer for a few months because I would like to see this group of, of players in the Champions League, you know, they are at Celtic a large part because they can play Champions League football there. And I think if they go through the four rounds this season, that will be a real boost for them because I think it'll be seen as a greater achievement than going through the last couple of years. And they got the experience of the last two seasons as well. And th- there's players in there I would really like to see have a really good run at the Champions League. Uh, Eduard, Ayer, Charm. and Cham again. McGregor. Uh, even Dembele, who's... He's, he's, last year so and, and, and Forrest yeah so so I, I think it'd be a disappointment we've talked about this before when in Dallas last season when they didn't make it and they had that quite a tough Europa League group it's a lot of the same players there who went on to then qualify for the Champions League I think the matching they had over six games whereas the s- results weren't great I don't think it's the worst thing in the world from a, from a sporting perspective because I think they'll have a good chance to go through it and um, and so on, but yeah, it's 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 what happens that there'll be a cloud over the place for a couple of months at least and you'd gone off to a bad start. But I, I think if you can counter that with a run after Christmas and one or two rounds in Europa League again, yeah, I I think overall at the end of the season you go actually that was pretty that was a pretty fun season.
0: Yeah, my expectation level at this point is the league. Um if we get if we win the league and, you know, the cups are a lottery, yeah. um, depending if we're in the Europa League or we're in the the Champions League. My expectation level at this point would be the league and the group stage of a European competition. Now, people might think to your might turn around and say that's you know your expectation level should be the Champions League. We're going to be playing our what third game, third European game, and it's still July. We're, we've got another one, two, three, four, we've got another five games before we qualify for the Champions League. Um, I think, you know, we'll talk about A.K. Athens towards the end of the podcast, but, you know, and who knows whether we'll actually face them. Um,
1: I, it, it is margin. Over two games, it's so much random things that could happen. If you get in a group, so at least it's six games, and then you can realistically say, look, we should set ourselves a goal here, and we should be expected to reach that. Whereas it's two games, as you say, it's, it's, it's so much more of a luxury.
0: I think it's a monumental achievement to get to the Champions League group stage for a club like Celtic now. However, and here's where I'm going to bring in some questions from the viewers, um, listeners, you need to give the manager the tools to get there. Now, Kieran, um uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, we've got quite a few questions in terms of, uh, you know, transfer um, availability and what we're doing. Before Actually, before I bring these questions in, how, how are you feeling about the squad in general? Um, we've brought in Morgan from St Mirren, who's never really played beyond the championship level. We've brought in Edouard, who I think we're all absolutely delighted. Um, he's a real diamond of a footballer. And we've brought in Bain, who will be, in my opinion, a good deputy. Good number two wouldn't be happy with him going into a campaign as number one. How are you? How are you feeling about the squad? Obviously, we've lost Armstrong and Sviatchenko. Um,
2: I feel the the squad is good enough domestically. I think we've seen ourselves last year. There was a couple of games um, that we possibly should have been winning. Instead, we we drew too many games. I think yeah, my liking last year. Obviously, see. we did lose. We were never going to go more than more than say. 18 months to two years without losing a game. It's just physically, it's just not possible. There is going to be the odd couple of games where, you know, like the first game we lost to Hearts, we just did not turn up. They, don't, they didn't, didn't turn up as a this. team and I, said, I think I did previously say but then for us to lose it would have to be a team not turning up rather than individuals. Sometimes with individuals the rest of the team can still bring the team through that gap, yeah. but when the whole team doesn't work and just can't get in the game that's when, and that's why, and we were even destroyed by Hearts. Yeah. I mean that was... Not, not embarrassing, but that was quite a heavy defeat to take. It was a monkey Going by what we've had for the previous 18 months. It's a bit of a monkey roughly. off our
0: back as well, just to get that a few... Kind of
2: done, yeah. Start again. Um, so, the fact that we've only lost... For me, Armstrong's a great player, but didn't play enough lot last season. So, we've not really lost a key player for me from last year. He became more of a squad player.
3: He was injured as well. Because wins an
2: awful lot, and because of that, that gave him Cham more games... And as the season progressed and Cham started to get better and he started to get more adapted to the game and to the team, more so for me to see that I feel that this is going to be his season. I think he... I, I know it's hard to say. I don't even know what evidence I have, but there's something about me he thinks he might be challenging for Player of the Year this year.
0: Oh, well, that's that's interesting. I think we've, we've got a question. I think going by...
2: Him, yeah. I mean, we've seen the quality of the player. He had a price tag of we bought him for £4 million. He's not going to be a poor player. It's just that he needed he needed time to can adapt to the game and figured, oh I mean initially first of all Armstrong, Armstrong ha- held the position so to try and oust Armstrong was a bit through injury, but he took that chance. So by losing that one player, the players we brought in the keeper thing he's a better a better goalkeeper than De Vries, so that's okay. He's a good deputy. Um, Morgan Youngster. Oh he's my he's my tip. He's, he's I, my I've tip. heard I've heard an awful lot about him, I haven't actually seen him yet. Um, there's been a lot of rave reviews whether he will be forced himself as a number into the first 11 make it towards the end of the season
0: i think he's going to force himself in um i think we've got a lot of interesting positions uh sinclair is kind of up in the air the now with well you know simply sinclair's not been starting these games they're early champions league games and the qual- opposition haven't been great but you know it says a lot that sinclair hasn't been starting morgan unfortunately has probably got injured at the worst time he could um, he's out for the next two months, and uh, you know I honestly think he would have been at
2: least in the squad. Well, my worry is, is I still we've said this now. We seem to always say this now. It's always a centre halves. <laughs> I think we've got uh, for me. I think going forward, I think Ayers going to be a phenomenal defender for us. I, I think Christian. Him, he's looking at he, Kieran Handsome. Yes, he like. he's he's grown. Um, he's confidence. He's also one where he can. It's so one defender we've not had for a long time where he can come out with the ball. Steps out, yeah. He steps out and can keep the ball. A lot of times, defenders would come out, they go so far, and I panic and go, check what I'm going to do. Um, Tobin, totally lose him. Yeah. Or lose it. But, and for such a young age as well, it's good. It's unfortunate the thing is we need a slightly more experienced partner with him. Usuals not it. Boya, I don't think it's not it because Boya can make mistakes which can panic higher. You want somebody. Comper, I think, is too old. It's trying to find that happy medium of slightly young defender, but with experience to go somewhere around the 26, 27 year. Can I benchmark to go with him? But that's going to cost. So that's, that's the first that's edit, thing. That's <laughs> yeah, I
1: was going to say. <laughs> there's a lad in there. Marcus around that age, is, it looks pretty good. Can, can I
0: jump in? And bef- oh, no, actually, you go ahead, my man. I,
1: term, I think in terms of the squad, it's. <laughs> again every every transfer window you go i try to say look it's just not bringing in new players works in football manager right that, that's what you do there it's it's something else in real life it takes a lot of time and, and money and to integrate a player and, and bring them in and to be honest in the market that celtic are shopping in they're shopping in such a specific market in terms of trying to unearth these like rough diamonds and then in that, all bringing veterans that can come in and, and be that help. And as, as we've seen with Comper, that, sometimes that doesn't work. And with somebody like Morgan, he might need a little bit of time. And you, see, you say, oh, it would be great to bring in somebody that's really good at 25, 26, 27. I'm sorry, but if somebody's really good at 25, 26, 27... Salty probably won't be able to afford them, or they at least they would have to be a lot more creative in where they picked them. I don't say you shouldn't go out and do that, but it doesn't really fit their age profile. Well, Bill, Bill, so
0: let me jump in for a second. Billy Gilmore at fifteen was fished away because he showed any sort of he showed a, a level above his age group. And he showed potential, and Chelsea bought, just took him away. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, we're getting out, but I'm not saying that Celtic should have went for Billy Gilmore. What I'm saying is, our, our youth, if they're any good, we are now, you know, plankton on a fucking ridiculous and level w- because they will just take what, any
1: sort of promising player. We've been sitting here saying Celtic look great this season. They look leaner. But we do. We look but, terrific. Let me finish my point. Okay, Celtic looks great this season. They they look dynamic, and they look, as you say, they look a lot better not brought anybody in. Anybody, it was only Morgan who didn't play last season that come in. So I think that goes to show that there is a really underrated value in keeping a squad quite stable and letting them play and develop. Because even though it's pretty much the same players now that was their last season, it's not the same quality. The quality is better. I mean, we can look at Ayer who's improved. Is going to be a better player. Edouard is going to be a player. Better, better player. And Charm is going to be a better player. I think McGregor is going to take a step pick, even pick. more. So so I'm, I'm, I hear you. I, I think you you want to try and strengthen with few players, but the right players. And I think for Celtic, considering the market they're in, considering that they're playing their most eight most important games probably the whole season in their first six weeks, I think a lot of business, as usual, will be done once we know... Fate of the the qualifiers as well. Well, what, bus- so, what, so, what, what uh,
0: business was done when we get into the Champions League last year? Why do we still have the same def- uh, defensive issues every single year? Now, Brendan Rodgers, this is what his do, do, one, you, two, three. This is his fifth transfer window. But also, though, we're going to end with Ayer and Jack Hendry at the back. You can't be
1: happy with that. You also got two lads up, Mosen the quarterfinal of the World Cup to come back and one guy is the semi-final. But they're not the back semi-final. yet
0: and we knew they wouldn't be back at this point. But So it, why a, but, why are we gonna play but a but guy look, like Gamboa in a game where he's not played when was the last time we played
1: for Celtic? Just just like Puppies at Christmas, centre halves are not just for the Champions League qualifiers. You know, you just can't I'd like bring someone to some- drown you. I'd like to drown you in the <laughs> right now. You can't just bring somebody in we need somebody in for the Champions League qualifiers. I if that's the right person and that can improve the squad throughout this year or next year. Not just some guy off the street that we need to have in the Champions League. But my but point, course, my point is: you had Jose, you had Ayer, you had Henry. We knew Jose wasn't good enough, but we it, knew Henry was too young.
0: But all, we knew all, that t- Lustig was away. We knew that Bayata was away. Listen, I'm not actually jumping. I, I know I'm jumping at you, but I am really pissed off because see, the fact is, we know all, all this was going to happen,
1: but it's not as easy as saying, "Yeah, well, Brendan Rodgers know that as well." It's, I mean, the guys at Celtic are not stupid, and I think that there's, the, the, there's something there's something to be said. For example, look, look at Liverpool. Like Jurgen Klopp will wait until he has the right guy to come in. He waited six months for Van Dijk. He's waited six months for, for for Allison. He's waited a year for Keita. He he didn't want to go out and buy somebody else just because we couldn't get that guy at that point. Now, obviously, Celtic operates in a completely different league. But I also think Much there's that, I think there's a real underrated value in just getting a team to gel. Over several seasons I think there's a lot of players In that Celtic team That will get better this season And part of the point Of buying in younger players Is that you actually Give them the time To play together I'm, I, not, I'm, I'm yeah. more optimistic About Henry Than most I'm
0: a, I'm a fan of I'm a massive fan of Henry I just think You could also ruin The guy's career By putting him in Way too early And a very well, ex- z- Kieran Tierney Sink or swim twen- Oh right does it there's a difference between sink or swim or put someone up against a fucking execution line? Do you know what I mean? For, for, for me. A K Athens if we get past Rosenberg. You're talking about in the heat of bloody Greece. But you, you could with have. With a defense in that canny bloody. Gal, you could defend. have brought in
1: you could have brought back Virgil von Dyke. You still wouldn't have guaranteed that Celtics gonna go get through those eight games because there are so much random stuff can happen in just over two games. Right, we need, so, we, and, and what I've said before as well, you should... Celtic seasons, for me, last until after the Champions League qualifiers. Then you start a new season because then you can evaluate and then you can actually start doing what you want. You want to keep a core of what you have last season just to get over that hurdle. And Rodgers has done it two years in a row.
0: Listen, so see, if, if Brendan Rodgers gets into the Champions League this season, right, um, Celtic should sign one or two massive players. I I agree. I actually think we should spunk players... uh, Spunk about 40 billion quid on two players. (laughs) I'm not even joking, by the way. Um, Kieran, I want to ask you this. Uh, We've got two questions regarding this chap. Um, The first is from Brian Hamill. Um, Well, it's kind of based around this. Uh, When will snobbery towards the SPFL end? Um, A lot of the Twitter conversations, uh, people seem to forget. Scott Brown, Stuart Armstrong, Scott McDonald, etc. Whereas we've brought in guys like Pucky and Gravison who have been absolute bomb squares. Which leads me on to... Councillor Jim Patterson tweeted this and asked, "How much should we realistically offer Hibs for McGinn?
1: Which parties for him? Uh, Snp, I think.
0: At what point do we step back and offer a pre-contract in January, assuming he doesn't go elsewhere? Thoughts on that, Keenan. Thoughts on McGinn.
2: Very good player. Yes. Very good player. One each. Yes. Um, However, don't think he's quite good enough to be in the first eleven yet. Um, uh, you still need to kind of take into consideration the fact of can he cope with playing for Celtic? We've seen some players with the pressures of playing. It's that step up. It's one thing playing weekend in, weekend in for Hibs. Um, well, there's, there's not there's always a the pressure of wanting to win a game, but there's not the expectancy level you have where you have a Celtic yeah, fans the where Every game has yeah. to be a win. Even more so now because we're in such a commanding position. Even a draw is almost not acceptable anymore because we are we are far superior than the, than the rest of most of the rest of the teams in the league. Um, i have not quite noticed, but what's the three bids so far? I know there's three been rejected.
0: The most recent bid was two million pounds. So no, we all offered, offered two, just one point two, and then I think one point seven or eight, and then two million pound. Need to remember, he's of contract in January, so I think two. Do you want Do you want him in before January, or would you
2: wait? now? I wait to January because for me. I don't see where he's going to... There's, there's three key players in midfield that we have who are hard to oust, which is Brown and Cham and McGregor. What about Tom Rodgick? What well, about your boyfriend? That's the bigger problem. But then he's obviously more of the... Of the ten. The number ten. Right? ten. so spot. I, I don't know if it comes out at some point. I was want to talk about McGregor now becoming hard to drop. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in the... the, the, the um, so up. for me, I think we can hold off on him for January. But the problem is, if we hold off in January can you technically tell the player just now we'll sign you pre contract in January
0: aye we can we'll sneak in because
2: we'll what happens if another team comes in well that's that, that the, that is the that's, the that's the pitfall John, you're John, saying okay I'm not going to pay £2 million just now I'll wait till January and see pre-contract but somebody else might come in down, even a team down south in the championship John McGinn like John McGinn wants to sign for Celtic
0: that's yeah. made me made abundantly clear John McGinn but wants to sign for Celtic well see that's the thing John McGinn, a McGinn transfer wants to go to Celtic
2: well. Celtic want John McGinn Hibs are just playing hardball, saying, Well, do you know what? We know you've got the money. You both want to join and, up together. So we'll just make it hard for you to sign them by just yeah, holding and, back, holding back. And do you
0: know what? Fair play to Hibs. But they are going to lose. They are going to lose this battle because essentially Celtic are in the driving seat. And listen, these we plankton, plankton fish fishing about in the Scottish League, they'll get scooped up and they'll get spat out. We'll take their spine, we'll take their soul. Whoever we want, we take. Anyway, um, so that was two good questions there. Um, I got a third question from George Corbett. Um, why do we never learn from previous years and strengthen before the qualifiers? The players are dropping like flies. Now this brings us into Musabit Bit Um We were going to. We had a lot of stuff we wanted to talk about in regards to Celtic's transfer policy, but we'll leave that probably to next week. I've just
1: answered it. That's
0: fine. Well, I wanted to talk about Adam Rooney going to Salford.
1: And yes, uh, Rid- let's talk about that. No,
2: because we need to talk about the game. Okay. <laughs> Solvo the FC that's owned by the. Gary Neville. Gary Neville, not? Yeah. They, what, they're in League Two? The fifth. Also, still
0: in non-league? They're Yeah, pretty much. And, that's what he's and they're giving them five grand a week. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Um, probably, maybe in uh, the Cynic. Well, coming up. Uh, what I think doesn't strengthen John McGinn's case, um, or Hibbs's case, is the fact that Dylan McGeach and John McLaughlin, who are two of Scotland's. Uh, uh, two of the shining brights in the Scottish uh, Premiership last season have signed for Sunderland in League One. Um, and a lot of people said, and a lot of people looked at McGeagher. M- 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 I think McGinn's a better player than McGeak, but I think McGeagher had a better season overall probably than McGeagher. So, you know, Hibbs looking at saying, oh, we want a position of strength, you know, Celtic, let's just wait.
2: Although, was that not a bit of better business, the fact of they let McGinn go and they signed uh, Malum- Malumbo? That's not being confirmed yet. No, it? that's still just a rumour, but that, a rumor? that would, that's a good that would be them. a great signing. Uh, a swap.
0: So we'll talk about the Celtic transfer policy. Um, thoughts on him again? Do you, would you sign him for Celtic? Do you think he would be a good a good player overall? Good addition?
1: Yes, but there's no need to sign him now. There's lots of coverage in that position. As you say, I don't think Celtic should fork out. 4 million now because next time they want to buy a player from, from Scotland somebody will, will demand the same and I think they can live fine without John for, for 6 months and just let him sweat it so no I wouldn't sign him now for 4 million especially yeah. with
2: the fact he's only got a season left a season left is not worth 4 million yeah absolutely saying, so if, a con- if an up where you want with 3 years left in a contract does that technically mean it's nearly 8 million because it's 3 years
0: Joining us now is Ben Wills from uh, Football Radar, the Norwegian uh, football website. Uh, you're an analyst for it, Ben. How's it going, Ben? Good to see- hear from you.
4: Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Just uh, uh, trying to deal with this heatwave at the moment, which hasn't been ideal, but yeah, not too bad.
0: Great stuff, Ben. Um, I'm joined by uh, someone you know, mate, quite... Someone you may know quite well, uh Christian Wolf. Me and Ben go way
1: back on WhatsApp.
0: <laughs> WhatsApp, yeah. Liverpool fans, the whole shebang.
1: It's, it's more oh, it's yeah. more the Norwegian connection, to be honest with you. But but football radar isn't just Norwegian. It's it's everywhere. It's global. Yeah, They're but all it, experts but just we al- of different things. But
0: we only look at it for the Norwegian football. Of don't course we do. Of course. Um I'm also joined by uh, the ravishing uh, the ravishing one Kieran Haran. First time I've ever called him that, it's creeping me out a little uh, bit. Good evening,
3: Ben.
4: Evan, how are we doing? Not bad, Nice to meet you all. Great
0: stuff Ben, um, I want to start first, Christian's eager to, to jump in like some sort of panther. Again, <laughs> these references make no absolute, off to a bad start with this interview I'll be honest. Um, just give us an overview of where Rosenberg are currently because obviously a lot's happened in the last couple of weeks but where are they sitting in terms of management, league tables even and just where, where are Rosenberg at right now?
4: Yeah, it's been a bit of a mad week, to be honest. Um, it seems to be a lot more a lot calmer before this week sort of happened. But yeah, they've been so, compared to last year when they played Celtic, it's been a bit of a, a bit of nosedive form-wise. They've, they have sort of struggled to keep up on the table. Uh, I think they're second in the table currently, behind Bran, who are leading. Um, but yeah, form's just not been as expected, essentially. Um, they struggled to get through last, the last qualifying round against Valur, who are an Icelandic team. Uh they literally managed to get through from a last minute penalty in that game um a dubious penalty of that as well so yeah they're not they're not they're not um doing as well as expected in the league this year, but they're still they're still they're still challenging they're still up there where they should be.
0: We should obviously expect that from a from a team like uh rosenberg um I'm going to bring the guys in in just one second, but obviously not a huge knowledge of norwegian football um mm. myself but Bentnar obviously is kind of the name that most Celtic fans will kind of recognise. Obviously he was there last season as well. Yeah, what, yeah. What's his sort of form like at the moment?
4: Um, it's been fairly poor to be honest. So last year he sort of announced himself for a bit of a bang, scored a lot of goals in the league, scored a few goals in Europe. Um, he's, yeah, he's still he's still a sort of titanic striker. He's a the go-to guy, a sort of a star player. But goals-wise, he's not just not been sort of finding the net as easy as he has been um, last season. Um, Scored a few penalties of late, which have sort of boosted his stats a little bit. But in terms of general play, it's just not it's not been up to the standard he was last year. Essentially, and I think that's quite a big reason as to why he's missed out on the the Danish squad for the last World Cup. He was obviously expected to sort of to be there um, in and around the squad as an option, but um, yeah, the manager didn't take him in the end because of his form lately. So, yeah, obviously Rosenborg has been a bit disappointed. Um, the new manager has come in, has come out in the press and said that he's not where he needs to be right now. So, But ben, I think Ben has sort of taken it all on the chin, generally. He's, he's a confident guy, as we, as we well know. Um, I, I think he'll back himself to get back, back into form this second half of the, the domestic season. Ben, it's,
1: it's Christiane. Obviously, Rosenborg has won the league under Ingebrigtsen three years in a row now. They're, they're second in yeah. the league, a couple of points off. Uh, Brand, as you say, probably still win yeah. the league. Um, Obviously went out to Celtic last year, but beat Ajax over two rounds to get into the Europa League group stages and decent account of themselves in the group. Um, I think with, there were two, they considered two entry-time goals once again, against St. Petersburg and one against Real Sociedad that, that lost them yeah, yeah. three points, essentially. So you, you look at that from the outside and say, it's quite a surprise sacking. And yet, you know, if, if you follow Norwegian football, um, I guess as closely as we do, yeah. I
4: wasn't that surprised by the sacking, were you? It was, I guess I was surprised of how sudden it was. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I was. I wasn't prepared for it as such. I was surprised that it came so soon after the Valur game. Obviously, just one. they' just won, they'd sort of scrape through. Um, so it, it was pretty much the next day. I think that he was, it was announced he was sacked. So that that was a big shock. But um, I mean, obviously, I've only been covering Rosenborg now for a few months, a couple of months. But it's been clear to anyone who's been following Norwegian football, their form for the last year has just not been up to scratch. So it has it has been coming in a way. And obviously, there's been a lot of links um, linking Ingerbrimson to a lot of foreign jobs. I mean, unnamed clubs and such, but. Rumours are, rumors are coming out of the sort of Rosenborg camp and all that are that um, he might have had his head turned, essentially. Bit of a Marco Silva situation when he was at uh, Watford with Everton, I guess. Seems as though he had his head turned and that just gave a board the excuse to get rid of him, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think as you say, for me Rosenborg has at best stagnated this season. Yeah, and, and there yeah, seems to be... Um, I, and i've said this before i think they were just sleepwalking towards the, this defeat against uh celtic because mm. they were pretty poor in and against the Icelandic side uh in, in the last qualifiers i do get the feeling that you know that there's been a lot of controversy uh you know that the players came out saying they didn't agree with the, yeah. the sacking the, the the supporters held by i can just Described as a memor- memorial outside uh, the the Which the ground yesterday, with, with Ingebrigtsen there, a speech from Ingebrigtsen's wife. There was a folk yeah. singer singing. It was it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. Norwegian football, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it was it was almost as bad as Scottish football. It's so. Yeah. It, but it it came to a point where I, I think all that kind of shows that Ingebrigtsen was so well liked. But for me, he was well liked because, especially within some of the players' group, because no matter how they performed this year, they weren't getting put out of the team at all. Well, I, I, so, I think that was a score that needed to be woken up, to be honest.
4: Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's like you said, like sleepwalking. A lot of the players this year have been sleepwalking. You've got guys, you've got guys in that team who are very loyal. You've got like Heland, uh, Mike Jensen, Bentler's very loyal as well to him. All these guys have had his back yeah, the entire season when there's been criticism. And these
1: are the most important people, players in the yeah. group as well, yeah.
4: Exactly, these are like I'm speaking talking about like captain, vice captain, the yeah. sort of the core player group of that squad, obviously. And I mean, it makes sense because Inga Brixen's been there for some very good years. You know, they've won the league easily. They've they steamrolled their way to uh, was it three, two or three back-to-back titles. Yeah. Um, the European forms not been great, but it's not been bad either as such, I guess. So, and I think all these players, like you said, they they were very used, they were very comfortable in that team. They expected to get picked. They expected to play the way they wanted to play, and that the sacking has obviously shocked them. It's woken them up a bit, and it was obviously it was it was strange to see the players. But I mean, I've I've never seen it where a group of players have come out and asked a manager to be reinstated. That's I've never seen that before personally. Um, but I think that just went to show how much it it shocked them. So yeah, the sacking could. It's one of those ones where it could have a very positive effect, it could wake them up and they could go into a Celtic game firing all cylinders, but on the other hand, they could still be mourning the loss I think, of Inga Brixton, I guess. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they perform.
2: And in, in your opinion, which way do you think it would go? Do you think it'll galvanize the squad or do you think it'll still kinda have a bit more of a disharmony amongst the squad?
4: It's tough to say because so the new manager's calling, coming uh, come in, Reno Coolen, he's managed, uh, I think he's managed 20 before uh, the Ruben national team. Um, and he, he, he's basically joined from Rosenborg's development team. So the players know who he is. They would have been around him on the trading ground. They would have met him before. So it's not, it's not a total change up as such. Um, and he has come out in the press and said that, um, though he might be tempted to change tactics and such, he it's likely they're going to stick to the same formula they have done with Ingebrigtsen. Brickson. um, so, it, it, it's tough to say whether it will galvanise them. I think a lot of the players will still be a bit miffed about the sacking. But I think I think either way, this is still a massive game for Rosenborg. It's still a game that they're going to be desperate to win. So, I don't I don't really think it will have too much effect either way, personally.
1: And and, and I guess, Ben, like, obviously you've been following Norwegian football in, in one session or another for, for a couple of years. And I'm sure yeah. you noticed that, especially in, in Scandinavia and maybe other places in Europe as well, like... The, the power within the playing group is is a lot bigger, <laughs> yeah, you know. They, yeah. they they have a lot more say in, in the mm. running of club. I think that just reflects in terms of how even just you know w- the workplace work in, in Norway in general. So, so <laughs> I, I think from a Scottish perspective, it looks really weird at a player sending out mm. a, you know a press release. Probably from within Norway, it's is a bit more common. But I think this has probably been the most extreme case of real player power coming out yeah which, which again to me kind of smacks a little bit of you, you sacked our body and <laughs> w- we don't like exactly.
4: that yeah i'd agree completely it's um I, I suppose a lot of people from the outside look here would call it unprofessional Yeah, you know, it seems unprofessional for these guys to come out and say we want our own manager back because it's yeah, it, it does seem unprofessional but then as you said it is it is a lot of time how it's done in norway yeah, you know, these players they get very 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 close to their managers, their head coaches, especially a side like Rosenborg who've been doing so well in recent years. It's um, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one, but it's not. I guess it's not so surprising to myself or you that this has happened. I guess.
2: Do you feel that the uh, result against Valur kind of made the sacking happen? So, had they won the game, the, the tie convincingly, do you think he would still be in the job, or do you think it still went? Oh,
4: good question. I think I. I believe either way he would have gone I think they they did they won the match I mean they they should have won it more convincingly obviously but I don't think that. I think the main goal for Rosenborg in that, but those legs was just to progress and they did that so you could say that he met his target in that aspect I think I think the main reason for his sacking was just the interest from outside I think it seems like his head was turned I think it seems like the club was just stagnating as such um so yeah, I don't think I don't think the result against Belur was playing too much. No, I, I,
1: yeah, I think Ben as well, I think as you say, it came as a surprise, but I think looking back the timing maybe wasn't knee-jerk or coincidental either, because mm. as I said, I, I think this is a team that was just walking straight into a defeat against Celtic. And it kind of Definitely. seemed like they were, would have been half happy with that because it would still be in the Europa League qualifying you know they yeah. can say you know Celtic is a big club they're better than last year and I think the board went look Ingebrigtsen is going to go at some point Um yeah. we look like we're just gonna you know, sleepwalk into this defeat let's at least throw a spanner in the work and, and, and see if see what happens um yeah, at sure. least it's checked shake things up a bit um
0: I just want to make a point about um, uh, Norwegian manager and player power. Whenever we've heard that recently, it's usually <laughs> went the other way, um, obviously with Ronnie nah. Dyla. Just a question, would Ronnie Dyla, um be kind of in the frame for the Rosenberg job in any way, you think?
4: I wouldn't have thought so, personally. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, I've seen names links for last week or so, but I, I don't think Ronnie's someone they consider. I think he's. I think for one, I think he's probably got... His hands full at Valerenga. Um, I think I think Rosenborg are looking for someone, someone sort of fresh to come in. I guess someone new, maybe from outside. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised to see Ronnie Links. To be honest, I've not seen anything in the press this last week linking him to it. And I'm not I'm not sure if he would take the job. Personally, I think he seemed fairly settled in Oslo. I think he made a point of returning to Oslo to manage Valerenga. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have. I wouldn't expect to see him in the frame for it personally.
0: Um so just actually looking at this tie, obviously the first game um is at Celtic Park. How do you expect Rosenberg to approach that game? How do you think they'd kind of, you know, set their stall out?
4: I think it'll be very similar to last year. I think they'll be very, very happy to take any form of draw in the game. Um if you look at the team that played last year and a team that's playing this year, it's very similar. Um I believe over two legs last year they were missing uh, Pal-Andre Helland and Torre Regeniusen, who are two, two of the biggest players in that club, um, so they'll be back for this game, and they should be probably both in the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily expect ones on board to come out just to defend. I think they, they will, they will try to win the game. They'll try and score, um, but at the same time, I think they will definitely have, they will definitely have one, might, one eye on, you know, just keeping it tight, just try and get that that nil nil, that one all, anything to take that to um, to Trondheim.
1: Ben, I, I guess in in terms of you know Matt Ryan, who, who contributes to this pod quite a bit, and he yeah. also knows his his advanced stats on, on Norwegian football. He, you know, he, he did a preview for for modern for modern FIFA, um, yeah. website, and I think one of the things he found, and I don't know if you've kind of seen this in, in watching them play mm-hmm. more as well, is that Rosenberg concede a lot. Well, the teams that create chances against Rosenberg do a lot of it from the middle of the pitch. I, I I think there was something like there were the worst team in the Norwegian League to concede chances from the middle of the pitch. So so is that is yeah. we talk kinda of lot about a soft center and yeah. in terms of their defensive midfield and, and, and their center half. Is is that something you've yes. seen as well?
4: Yeah it's interesting actually because that's I was obviously having a look at the two teams before coming on today. Um Celtic seem fairly strong down middle. They've obviously got a packed midfield. I assume you'll be playing three five two, three six one, something along those lines tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um but as for Rosenborg, yeah, it's, their midfield's been quite weak this season, I'd say. They've got uh, they're missing one of the key men ma- key men in that midfield going tomorrow. Um there's a couple of couple of sort of fringe guys who'll be likely playing in the middle. Um and yeah, they they've struggled to really get a solid defensive midfielder in their team this season I think that's been one of the main issues they've been drilling a guy called Anders Tronson, mm-hmm. um in that role for tomorrow and he's naturally a lot more attacking Yeah. Um, I believe you call it like an injeloper or something in Norwegian that's, that's not Latish. bad it is
1: it's, it's kind of like uh, <laughs> he's, it's, it's kind of what you call a box-to-boxer or number eight I guess And
4: it's, yeah exactly it's a guy who runs um, a lot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's the, he'll be the sort of the deepest man in that midfield. But all three guys who'll probably play tomorrow won't necessarily be defensive players. So yeah, it it, it makes sense that that's that's a weak spot and obviously in defence got Reggie Newson who is a very solid player, player I rate quite highly, especially yeah. in Norway. Um yeah, you know, the sort of like archetypal sort of leader on a pitch, a veteran at the back. But then alongside him you've got a guy called Evan Hovland who's joined from Songdal this season. So although relegated last year, and um, yeah, Rosenborg basically signed Hovland to become their their first choice centre back, which was uh, panned a little bit, I'd say, by a lot of Rosenborg fans. He's not; he's been in the national team before, but he's never really been. Yeah,
1: convincing. I mean, he's, uh, and Hovland is an interesting player because he's 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 kind of he's kind of failed to, Fletcher does sieve for quite a few years. He, he was in Germany, mostly in, in the second Bundesliga for quite a few years. He was in the national team, as you say, as well. But I think his reputation has just gone downwards for the last three, four years. So it's quite a bit yeah. of a surprise when when Rosenborg brought him in because I think he's, he's quite a, a good example of what's been wrong with Rosenborg's transfer policy for a while is that they buy a name yeah. rather than the actual quality of it. Um, exactly. But, but as you say like, like, R- R- Reggie Olsen as you say is, is probably um, Norway's well second choice now beside Christopher Ayer. but that's basically what yeah. will be Norway's centre-half partnership going into the next qualifiers and, and I know obviously Ayer rates him highly as well so but yeah I think again you have somebody <laughs> highly rated centre-half and a centre-half that's not so highly rated which kind of <laughs> sounds
2: familiar gal doesn't it
0: it doesn't sound familiar I have no idea what uh, are going to see? you got a question I was just
2: going to say, Ben. Is there any part of Celtic's game or players you see that could be of advantage to not uh, to Rosenberg? Sorry, that they could um, maybe see as a weakness that they can take to their advantage.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't say I've watched Celtic religiously the last year. I, I have sort of tuned into a few games. I um, I covered Scotland brief, very briefly uh, last season for a few games. Uh, just just looking at their team, I mean, obviously the striker situation's a bit dire at the moment. Um, I think it's just Edwards available for tomorrow.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um, with Griff, Griffiths and Dembele both out, so that's not ideal. But then still, Edward would you know should cause Rosenborg a lot of problems. I'd expect. Uh, I think Celtic's defence is probably the one area that's weakest. I'd say. Obviously, I uh, you know we love him in we love him over in Norway. Love him here. I think he's a potentially a very very good player but aside from that I mean I'm not too sure who's going to start tomorrow it seems like there's a lot of players coming back from international duty but and, if you've got Jack Hendry in there I believe who yeah, I watched a little bit for Dundee last year um, he's, he's, he's,
0: he's, he's young and inexperienced I think is the, the kind of yeah. issue with Hendry um, and he's beside a young and fairly inexperienced defender in Ayer. no matter what his qualities are which he has a lot of them he's still kind of yes. young and a little bit inexperienced so I, I think the, the centre of Celtic's defence as well as potentially the right hand side could be a major problem for for Celtic and uh, have Rosenberg got a particularly obviously betnar you know, Swan's about the place like he's uh, <laughs> a king of catch, but have they got yeah. particular pace and breaking in any way?
4: Well, it's it's funny. I think I think Bentner versus I will be an interesting battle to watch if that happens. Yeah. Um, pace wise, they're not they're not really a side known for pace. I guess they've they do have they've got Palandre Helland who's got an absolute wonder of a left foot. Um, he'll be playing out out wide, probably on the left at probably left or right hand side, either. Or, um, he's not fast, but he's he's very good on the ball. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think counter attacking wise Rosenborg will be too much of a threat just because of a lack of pace. They do have a, they do have a young guy, a Swedish guy called Jonathan Levy, who's been uh, he's just he's just sort of broke into the team the last couple of months, and he's, he's actually been really impressive. He uh, he joined from a Swedish second division side. But about a year ago. I think it was just before the last Celtic game where he didn't make the squad. And he's he, yeah, he's really improved the last couple of months and he, I think he was probably the best player on the pitch um, in the second leg against Valur. He really caused him a lot of problems. Very tricky winger. But again, not really the fastest as such. So I don't, I don't think pacing behind will be an issue uh, for Celtic. I think the issue will be wasn't ball playing in front of them, you know, getting the little ones who's going, trying to Trying to find Bentner in the box, essentially.
1: Yeah, and and Ben, like reading Matt's article, is quite clear that Rosenborg's strongest side going forward this season mm. has, has been the right side. you, you mentioned Helland there, who's obviously yeah. a more attacking player, but also but behind him you have Hedinstad, who's who's the right back, who's yeah, yeah. one of the top assist leaders in in, in the league this season yeah. in Norway. So uh, there is still a, quite an open question whether Celtic will play three at the back or four at the back. It's been t- 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 Sorry tomorrow. to jump in, but
0: oh. it, it's been confirmed by Brendan Rodgers today that we're definitely playing four at the back tomorrow. You, you think, you think uh, he's telling the truth? Why would he lie? Well, too know.
1: But I, I guess Ben, in, in terms of what Rosenborg usually face in, in, in the regional League, would yeah. would there be any particular teams playing with three at the back or, or four at the back? There's,
4: there's been a few teams this year actually. Um, who have been sort of playing three and four, well, obviously 4 back the general, uh, that's the go-to in Norway, I guess. Three at-backs become a little bit more of a, a sort of fashionable choice for managers in recent years. Um, a few teams, a lot of teams essentially have trialled it and then sort of binned it and gone back to how they used to be. Um, i trying to think of a team actually right now who play it. I know Trumso, who are, Trumso who are very sort of, much improved this season. They've been playing three-to-back for most of the year. They actually beat Rosenborg yeah. um, about just over a month ago, I believe.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So that was a, mass- a real, real shock result. I didn't see the game, because um, I wasn't covering Rosenborg at the time. But but yeah, that that was a big shock and Tromsø lined up with three-to-back there. Um, but yeah, I think generally in Norway, 4 backs the way they do it, 4-3-3 is a very sort of common formation there. But yeah, free to backs become a bit more prevalent recently. Yeah,
1: no, I I, I think you're right, but I don't think there's a great deal of of speed in that team. But they do have, and this is you know obviously a cliche when you talk to the Norwegian team. There's a lot of physique there. There's a lot of power. Um, Rosenberg has scored the most goal from from set pieces in the Norwegian league so far this season. And you got guys, you know, the two centre halves. Bentner is, is is a big lad, but there's others in there as well. So. And as you said, Helen's got a really, really good delivery from set pieces. So, uh, yeah, I I, I think that is one thing that Celtic need to be very, very careful on. You know, they're not the best at defending set pieces, especially with so many different players coming out of defence. Yeah, I mean, that's
0: that's the the key point, I think. Um, You know, strength and power and attacking the ball and running off the ball and, you know, that is probably our biggest weakness. Would you agree that's our biggest weakness against probably about Rosenberg? That's where
2: they would probably use there. Yeah, I'd be right. I'd be right so, um, even though it's quite a surprise because we do have tall defenders. Yeah. And it's a surprise that we can't do well defending corners.
0: Yeah. It's, we let people get runs on us, I think, is the kind of the biggest issue. And again, that comes down to a lack of experience. Um, just looking at the game, um, the tie in general, what percentage, yeah. you know. Would you see that what chance of Rosenberg got? Would you say if you had to put a percentage on it of going through the tie?
4: I was always to say as well, yeah. Uh, before that, just it's no surprise, I guess, with Lodges' sides about the uh, the set play stuff. I know as a Liverpool fan, the last the last couple of years in charge there were um, obviously very very bad on the set plays. So I think that's definitely an area Rosenberg can um, threaten. But yeah, as as fair chances, it's I'd say fairly low. I think. Now, they're in a weaker position this year than they were last year, and obviously last year's results were quite a shock. Like they got quite close in the end um, without qualifying. So if I could put a percentage on it, I'd probably say Rosenborg to actually go through. Very low, probably 15%, 10%, something like that. I, I just don't think they're as strong this year, and obviously the the whole six unrest this week. The travel, they had travel issues today. They've, um, the yeah. flight was delayed by about four hours or something. I think there's a, there's a lot of factors that will just contribute to Rosenborg probably going out of his time. This
0: is, this is all delicious. This is all this is. I'm, I'm loving all this. Not, I, is, is it almost too good? <laughs> you know, no. This is fine. This is about right. Um, you want to kind of, any other kind of points you want to make, because we don't want to keep Ben all all night.
1: No, I and mean, obviously we hope to have Ben on. Uh, Later in the week as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. After yes, after the yes. game, no. I, I I I think as I said earlier, Ben. For me, if if we sat here and and Ingebrigtsen was in charge and, and nothing had happened over the last week, I, I think I'd be even more certain of, of Celtic going through. For, for me, this the board it's. Uh, Rossmore is basically just it's the last dice of the troll for them, and and they try yeah, to last dice of the troll <laughs> <laughs> Other way, uh, you know what I mean. You, know, you know what I mean. I'm it's good. good. <laughs> so, so so the last dice of the troll they they've, they've, they've diced it up. I'm that uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but I, I I think it'll be interesting because um, as you say, I I, I just don't see Rossmore having enough going forward to to get past Celtic over true games.
4: Yeah, I- I'd agree with you. I-, I think going forward is the issue for them. I, I could potentially see them getting a draw in one of one of the legs. I just don't think they've got enough goals to get past Celtic. I think Celtic will threaten much more going forward. I mean, I think there's there's positives to look at for Rosenborg. You-, you can say that compared to last year, they've got Reggie Newsom back, got Hellan back. But then on the flip side, Benner's out of form. They have just lost their manager. a manager, new guy come in. Who knows what he's going to do with the squad? So, it's yeah, it, it does all point to a Rosenborg loss, but then, you know, stranger things have happened. I'm trying to keep it a little bit positive. I know you had a Perry on last year, Mr. Negative when it comes to Rosenborg, but. Um,
1: yeah, pretty- I, I think that's that's <laughs> probably one of the reasons why he was sacked from, from Football Radar as well, I think, uh, after his appearance. So. Uh, just,
4: yeah, uh,
0: can I get two questions for you? I've got two questions for you as we just kind of finish. Um, what yeah. would your prediction be um, for this game? And can you tell us about. Erling brought Haaland.
4: <laughs> yeah, so prediction for the game, I reckon two three nil Celtic. That's Celtic Um, as for Haaland, yeah, he's 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 burst on the scene lately. Um, plays for Moulder, Oleg on a Solskjaer side. So he's not not got a bad mentor there, I guess, in terms of centre forwards. But yeah, he's this guy I followed him since I was uh, it's my first year at Football Radar. Haaland he broke into uh, Brinner which was then a second-division team when he was 15 years old. Just this ridiculously lanky, lightweight, long kid. Um, and I, I looked at him and I thought, he looked like Bambi on ice. He had some he had some talent, but it was just tough to say. I mean, sort of fast-forward uh, two years to now, when he's 17, going on 18. He's now this absolute unit of a lad. Like, massive guy, compared to any, anyone else's age, he's huge. He's just come off the back of He scored a hat-trick against the league leaders, league leaders Bran. Uh, a couple of weeks back he t- Yeah, f- Yeah four in total So it's like a 20 minute hat trick And he scored a penalty To make it four And then um, Yeah comes up against Ronnie Dyler's side Puts another two away Gets another assist So Yeah he's just He's just jetted off to the European under 19 Championships Where Norway are now Out I think he scored once In the three games there But Yeah he's really Really highly rated He's had guys from like Scouts from Man United Juventus Leeds I believe teams like that um, and obviously yeah he's, the link is he's Alf, Alfie Harland who used to play for Leeds and Man City his son so he's Good got a lot of links to of England and, yeah. yeah so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up at an English British team so at some
0: point he, he's been chased by daddy clubs is what I'm led to believe <laughs> <laughs> That'd be something from. Yeah. yeah, well, a big club. Uh Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um thanks oh, very, very cool. much for, for getting involved and uh we'll we'll speak to you on you know Friday towards the end of the week and we can maybe have a look back at um how your predictions stand and our predictions stand. Um thanks very much cool. Ben for getting involved.
4: Cheers guys, thanks very much.
0: So thanks to Ben from Ben foo- Wells, Ben Wells from Football Radar. Um, terrific! Give him a follow on Twitter. We'll tweet out some. Um, we'll tweet out a couple of links uh, over the next couple of days. So uh, Ben doesn't sound too uh, in the zone for. I shat myself there. I had no idea what to say. <laughs> um, I confident, a- for a
2: win. <laughs> confident for Rosenberg
0: one. Confident for Rosenberg win? I had no idea. I didn't even know the team. No, but Ben seems like um, focused at. You know, 15% chance that Rosenberg will go through from this tie. I think
1: it just reflects the feeling in in Norway in general about Rosenberg that they just haven't kicked on. And they just looked a team that, you know, the Champions League was supposed to be their big team this season. They, They lost in Iceland. They were two minutes away from going out against an Icelandic team. And even Heb, even
0: Heb's rattle fuck it of Icelandic teams, yeah, but forty-five
1: 0 was it? Faroe Islands, but same thing. They're on an the island out there in the sea, but Shut up. Um, <laughs> it Was the Faroe Islands, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah, it's, yeah. This is Terrible <laughs> it, it's, it's, geography. It's fine. I think it, it looks. I just, I you know. I've, I've said it when I was speaking to Bender as well, but you kind of go like this Rosenborg board did that second for a reason and they want to create just some disruption in their own squad I think because they were just having it too easy and they were just like plodding along and nobody demanded too much of them they were going to win the league anyway okay we'll lose against Celtic we'll have a nice trip to Glasgow playing in front of lots of people and if we lose it's not you know it can be expected we might get into Europa League la de da they're throwing a spanner in the work Uh, it might backfire horribly but I think they were going to lose anyway.
2: Check this will give them an excuse to say if they do go out to us that well we yeah will re- yeah, I mean because I mean, we changed the manager the, the players will
1: The right players will probably say that uh, and that will probably be the narrative if, if it happens but at least they've tried something.
2: It's got the whole
0: clough when he lo- when he left derby when he get when he tried to hold the derby board over the rake them over the coals for more money and he got sacked and then uh, the whole kind of t- um, t- town like got behind him and then. That that died down. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so yeah, it'll be I, I, as you say. I, especially last week when I saw you know Celtic play, and Dembélé looked so good. Rosenborg just just staggered through that round. I, I was like, no, you know Celtic's just going to blow these guys away. Now with Dembélé out, um, Yoso out, Celtic needs Celtic needs to change things. To, so there's a certain element of you know uncertainty there. You don't know how this Rosenberg squad is going to react, but even after all that, you know, Celtic should go through here. I just think they got too much up top front, uh, up front, and uh, I think they'll do it. Um, it would probably be fairly tight. I just don't see the mentality this Rosenberg team to 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 eke out a win.
0: Firstly, it won't be tight. Let me let me tell you that for a, 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 for nothing. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. Um, it won't be tight. It, it really won't. I. I, I I'll, I'll come to you in a second Kieran. but I think we are going to take Rosenberg right I'm going to take Rosenberg and we're, we're we're going to fucking dominate them like it's going to be incredible right. we might go out in the next round anyway <laughs> Kieran, then what are your thoughts Rosenberg the tie itself how are you confident about it with everything that's happened
2: yeah uh uncomfort will be too much for them cause, um like Ben said as well, that obviously they've kind of dipped from the mm-hmm. when we played them last year. Last year Last year was they, a tough tie. It was a tough tie because they really sat and defended. Yeah. Which to make the point, if they were smart enough they would just do the exact same again today. I think it will, yeah. yeah. I think it's almost the same personnel by a a couple of yeah. um missing. Um so and it's the old it's the old thing we always keep going about, is when sit teams sit in, it's when we struggle. Um but I did see on the the lash card game at home towards the second half. I don't know if it was something that was something new that we're going to try out now. Obviously we were, we've been playing them Barry and Edward together. Yeah, like a partnership. It's been lovely. So I don't know if do, I don't know if that's just a stopgap because Rodridge wasn't there playing because he would normally be in the post yeah about ten. Yeah, or it could be the way they're going to go forward. I'm not too sure. But at one point when uh, when we had the ball at the back, the defensive keeper. Edward in the Belly, they would actually hug either back, either side fine, as if they were trying to stretch the defence out. So to let. Which would space. give gaps for midfielders to come through, which then they could obviously then join in when the, when the attack comes forward, which would stop the, the kind of midfield kind of being too blocked and um, too busy. So I don't know if that is something that Rogers had seen from last year and said we, we try to go through the middle too much, but with everyone in the middle. Whereas if we pull the strikers out, they pull; they could potentially pull the centre half a bit far apart because with them being the two strikers, the defenders are, are expected to be marking them. Yeah, but then they can't go too far out, or there's just be a huge big gap. So that's it's, it's kind of it's forcing the centre half to make decisions, which it could possibly re- result in the wrong decision. So one of them steps out, makes too much of a gap, and then something like McGregor and Cham can see that see the, the the gap between the defence and a good a good ball in. To put us through, so there's a the potential of that's going to maybe grow through the season.
0: What I thought was quite interesting was the kind of um, intricate play between Dembele and Edouard. Nice little one twos, and Cham was getting involved as well. Um, obviously, the three of them very, very key to what we're doing moving forward. They've get uh, they've played together obviously for the, the under twenty ones, the France under twenty ones. I think Edouard's just kind of um, getting involved in that now as well. Um, they know each other. There, it's like this little triangle of, of, of quality. I've noticed. I, f- I felt, and I, you know, I was kind of tweeting to um, Alex as well. Alex Lawrence. He was basically saying that the way he sees Edouard is that he almost had like a free role in Alice Um and yeah, you could kind of see that he w- In I, I, the game at Parkhead, it was a little bit more. He still was pulling kind of wide, but I think it was more of a still kind like of a little deeper than than Dembele, and they were kind of switching that up. It's a very exciting idea of them as a partnership. But Christian Wolf, as Kieran says, when Tom Logic is fit back and fit, yep, th- it's unlikely to continue. Or well, not? Or well, maybe? I, or
1: I, I no. I, I think. Edward and Dembele at the moment are such two good players, and I think Rodgers has found uh, a way of accommodating both of them in the three-five-two. So, if I had to choose between Dembele and Edward up front, and one of those and Roderick, I'd go with the two up front. Just you, now, you, I, 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 well, you might find a, another place for Roderick at the moment, but I wouldn't choose Roderick over. Edouard and Dembele. I just think those two French lads are better players. They're, they're just more talented. And
0: McAfee's head's just exploded. Too. Well,
1: we, we. I mean, we love Tam, but he's he's a very different kind of players. I think those two together, and as you say, I think they have enough. They're not just two, you know, standard forwards. You know, a uh, two on top. You know, they're very mobile. They're very clever. They have movement. And they're just, you, you, like, they're quality, quality players. I think probably probably a step above the rest of, of the squad, maybe with the exception of Charm and Ayer in terms of their potential. And, and, and I mean, it and, goes and, with Ayer. And, so and, 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 and Tierney as well. But I, I think those, they're social But I would have them over Roderick if I had to choose them. You might be able to accommodate Roderick as well.
0: I think, you know, obviously. Moving forward, let's see. Hopefully, we qualify for the Champions League. I think, depending on the group we get, depending on you know the, the team's home and away. Uh, I think away from home, specifically, he won't play Rodic. He'll play uh, yeah. Eddie and Dembele, yeah. and that excites me. Um, that really, I love to I love Tom Rodic. I think he's an. I think he's a phenomenal footballer. I sometimes find he's a little bit lacking in the Champions League, which is no. It, Champions League players are there are very few players who can, pl- who will play for a club like us, who will be able to walk into that uh, that arena. Kieran Tierney's been one. Dembele's one. Eduard, have no doubt, he he will definitely be one.
1: I'd be happy with Roger coming off the bench. With. 30, 20 to go in the Champions League. Club. I think you don't get the most of
0: them coming off the bench. I think he needs oh, to start to get the most of them. Aye, Cairns and a green man too. with that. he so. so. no, so. f- finds it hard to get in the
1: other
2: game. I think. I think. He to start but he blows out the reserves
1: after 55 minutes in the Champions oh, League. Aye, so we we'll get, get. So we'll I'd rather get, have Edward and Dumbelli up front, just actually you know, imagine all that speed and you know and the clever movements on top and you know their physical presence, but they have the technique and you know the clever players as well. I think you you, you try and actually. Put some pressure on top for six. I mean, mind you, we're, we're talking about what we're going to do against, you know, Liverpool away here. <laughs> Let's focus on Rosenberg first. But
0: by the way, just so if, if we do qualify for the Champions League and we've got Liverpool away, oh, I can't wait. You listen, my man, uh. you will either be part of this pod and fully supported in it, uh, supportive in it, it's or you will content. be banned. <laughs> we will, we are content providers, so there's no question about that. Um, Kieran, uh, your team for Rosenberg, um, and you know, Rosenberg home in a way. Would you go similar? Would, would I mean, Rosenberg, they're they're such. They're, they're plankton. They're European plankton. I mean, I wouldn't even <sighs> probably even change. Always a formality. It's a formality, isn't it? It's formality, isn't it? Well, it's just hey.
1: It's a formality. I'm up. Yeah, it's it's, it's not Dweller Ringer. It's not Ronnie Daly, I'll tell
3: yeah,
0: you that. Um, so. it, exactly. It won't be a challenge. Uh, <laughs> if, if we're going to play 4 at the back, would you be looking to play 4 5 1 or would you go 4 4 2? Obviously. So just, I'd go the, 4
2: 3 3. I'd like to have three midfielders. Like. McGregor and Charm Brown, we have to have those three. Okay, they lovely. They work so well together. Um, Obviously, Eddie's your number nine. And at yes. this experience? Aye. Forrest on the right. and um, Who's you playing it, left? It would be Sinclair. Sinclair? If is we're going 4-3-3, three, three, yeah. I think there's talk of Sinclair... As part of a two. Last season, he was, his mind was kind of getting a bit... It wasn't focusing the game an awful lot. I well, don't really know why why that is. I don't know if it's... Problems, problems off with pitch, you know. Potentially like. that, or there's other things. Well, sometimes sometimes simply can be seen as a conference player. I think. So once is. his conference is knocked, it's trying to get that back, and sometimes it seems if it took a bit of a, di- a, bit of a difficulty to get that back. Yeah. Because we did see ourselves in the Champions League games. He, he kind of went hidden. He He was kind of yeah. like a bud caught in the headlights. He so just kind of like didn't really know what to do and. Couldn't try anything because he was almost too scared. I think he was scared of the fact that everything he would try, he would feel at it, and he would get the fans in his back. But I think it became the worst because by not doing anything, the fans were getting your
0: back. Do you know? Do you know this is this is? I'm going to nip in here for one second. Um, when Scotland played in those end of uh, season, uh, the that, that end of season tour, Mexico and Peru, uh, when Lewis Morgan came on, um, he came on and as soon as he got the ball, he drove at the fullback back didn't matter who the fullback was, he drove at them. And see when he lost the ball, oh well, track back, try to get the ball back, but he drove at it. The confidence in Lewis Morgan No, I'm not saying Lewis Morgan is going to play in the Champions League. This is why I think Lewis Morgan will become a player for us a lot quicker than people maybe realise. Um if you compare his confidence in that situation with someone like uh, Ryan Christie who was playing in those games. Ryan Christie looked scared to lose the ball for Scotland. Now, a lot of people will turn around and say, "At least is a terrible manager, blah blah blah. I fully agree. I think he is a terrible manager. But in situations like that, where it's a friendly at the end of the season, letting, let everyone know what you can do. Ryan Christie, when he came on against Alice again, I thought he did okay. But, Ryan Christie's away I think. And the sooner he goes for his own... His own I like him. I really, really like him. And I I, w- I wish it would have worked at Parkhead, but it's absolutely not. And this guy Morgan, t- for me, is already ahead of um, Ryan Christie before a boy's kicked. Do you know what I mean? Um, so Sinclair, I think will have to will have to come out the the traps early well this season because if he doesn't, he's going to find more more players um, will be knocking on knocking on the ro- Rogers door. So uh, the belly for y- I'm sorry, um, Edward for you. Um, We've got your back, your front three, and your mid
2: three. Who's your back line? The backline, line kind of circumstances speak for it. It's going to just have to be a kind of back a back four because we do really do only have the two centre halves, two young lads. Because obviously Yozo's suspended, suspended. but yeah, is not back yet. Lustig's not. And, he's not involved tomorrow. He's not involved tomorrow either. The, the slight scenario: I have is who do you play right back? Because I don't think Gamboa's... I don't know if he's back yet, but I didn't see him. Gambo is available. Is he available? Cause I know Ralston, been Ralston been. was in the bench, but maybe just because it was Alice cut. Um, Ralston is available. Potentially I he's mean. available. Um, but then he, I mean, Rogers could say I'm still sticking with my formation, in the back three, and just pull Tierney back in, and play him as one of the centre halves. Just, just as yeah, no, because as, as usual. Suspended for both of them because that was a violent conduct, technically, wasn't it? So he's definitely unav- unavailable tomorrow.
0: I don't know how that works. Do you I know? I think he's usually just a one, two, it's one It's I one think it's,
1: m- No, I think it's usually a two game, and then it can be more if it's a straight red because it it's be a wrong. violent conduct. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll find out. Um, no, I, I think if, if we assume that Rogers is saying, Look, it's, it's going to be a back four, and we take his word for it. Yeah, I can think it kind of gives itself. It's 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 tierney a year. Henry and one of Gamboa and Ralston if Gamboa is ready physically I would start him in front of Ralston at this point I just think you know, the last just played in the World Cup um, Ralston? Scott and qualified yeah you should have seen that uh, um, and then uh, obviously you have the, the midfield three Chan, Brown McGregor you have Forrest and Edouard those five are going to play now I, I think the question is how, how do you set them up and and who's your who's your last one out of Roderick and Because I think that will determine how you want to set up as well, if you do a more four three three or if you do a four two three one with Roderick just behind Edward. And and is gonna go there and they're gonna do the most Norwegian thing football thing ever is they're gonna do a four five one and they're gonna try and be as compact as possible and get you know, push people out wide. So I think and as I say, they do have sort of a soft middle. You know, the defensive midfielder, who's not really a defensive midfielder, but he's just there. I think you can create a lot of chances from behind the defensive midfielder and the front of the center half. So I think in, in that kind of scenario, I think you need players like McGregor a bit higher up. who can get in between the defense and midfield. Somebody like Roderick, who's also like, has really good movement and is, is good in small spaces. And then if you have Forrest on one side and McGregor, more wide than other, McGregor will tuck in. Forrest will can have the space uh, pace, but also like keep you know the formation quite wide. So I, I think I would either I would do a four two three one and either have Roderick behind Edward, or even simply put Sinclair behind Edward and, and let him, or even my Mag- or, or interchange with McGregor. So I, I think for me the only question is who's going to play right back, uh, Scumbo or Ralston and who either Roderick and Sinclair is going to play. I think every other player is, is, is a given.
2: I think it might be quite telling if he selects Rodic and he pushes McGregor out left and doesn't choose Sinclair. I think that shows that That's he's, where he's, either, gonna go. he's yeah. either not got faith yeah. and confidence in Sinclair anymore or Sinclair's gone. Because if Sinclair, if th- that position's available, he normally was always number one to get in there.
0: Yeah, I, I think it also might just um, show how much he rates McGregor now as well, though.
1: Oh, McGregor's um, like M- M- a starter now with Armstrong yeah, gone. I can't just, drop him. maybe in a scenario where if if you have Brown, Champ and Roderick in the midfield tree and then three other guys further up, but I think that's the only case and I don't think they're going to do that against Rosenberg. I think McGregor is is a starter now.
0: If Rosenberg are going to be really, really compact and really, really tight, I want intricate ball players in front of that back line. So it would be Roderick, it would be McGregor. If we're not going to, we're not going to be able to penetrate if they're that deep, Sinclair might struggle. So... I would definitely go with McGregor because it situation. would work. Because
2: obviously, with having Rodgers in there and McGregor, McGregor tucking in would have two in that gap, like you say, between the defensive midfield and the mid and the defense. Tierney would be able to kind of fill the gap on the left side, and the right back doesn't have to push up too far. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of questions, um, obviously, regard around the John McGinn
0: situation and just in general um, about a Um Duck Goose. Where is a Buikawasi uh, King Kowasi? Just tweeted. Kwasi. Um <laughs> Kwasi. I, I just think
1: It'll be th- I think it was brought in at a point where you thought, hmm Scott Brown's gonna need a lot more rest over the next year and a half. And <laughs> it just hasn't needed it. And then, and he hasn't been injured and he's he's, he's been on such a good form. I think that's part of the reason why Kwasi's not played that much.
0: When he has I, played, he's looked yeah, farther exa- forward. Like it, a, 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 exactly. a more so attacking
1: player as well. It's it's almost like they don't He's probably seen as the deepest lying one, like Brown is now, and it's, it's a shame because I think he would have. I think there's a lot of potential there based on what we've seen. What we've seen so far, we so paid, we paid three point eight million, and that's him also him. why there's no rush to bring in. Again, I think because if there was an injury to Brown, I think you can slot Kwasi in there, or you can even have McGregor a bit deeper and, and, and so on. But uh, so yeah, it's an old one, and I guess it's just one dunno if, if you're not on the inside, you kind of. It's a bit of a puzzle why he hasn't played more, but I think a large reason is just Brown's just keep going.
2: There's, there's also, not just as that as well, I think the other problem is, there's one, there's okay replacing Kwasi in the football position of Brown, it's the leadership position. So yeah. if you take Brown out of, that, out of the team, we've seen it ourselves, there's been a the couple of games where Brown doesn't play, and the team doesn't play the way it should do. There's something about it, the momentum, and the kind of drive is lost when Brown's not there and I think but it's because something just comes from him and trying to replace that I think that's a harder thing to replace not just his position as a, a holding midfielder
1: a presence so I think you can replace Brown eventually but there has to be such a period of transition to get used to not having him there and for other leaders to step out yeah. so there'll be a gap until it happens so yeah whenever you take Brown out now because you can replace the
0: player but you can't replace yeah. the man and, and,
1: and
2: not quickly at least that, that that probably is the biggest issue we've got yeah. m- moving forward and that's why Kwasi can't get embedded in as much into the team as they probably would have liked that. because but there's also the thing of Brown's been fully fit for nearly two years I know but, but, I, but I, why I, would you bring in? why would you bring in McGinn? Well,
0: see clearly Brendan Rodgers wants McGinn right Brendan Rodgers doesn't seem to me to be the guy type of guy who would be told what what's happening he seems to have carte blanche McGinn, he's obviously seen what he, he's obviously seen McGuinn again. He's always obviously all the uh, green ticks are there in terms of scouting reports. He obviously wants them, but I just don't know why. If, if he's already brought in this Kwasi boy, but to then, me, Kwasi must leave.
2: But is McGuinn not a box to box player? He's not the whole, because Hibbs always have that lad Bartley. Yeah, and Bartley's always been the kind of Browno well, and McGinn's been more of the kind of McGregor box-to-box. To
0: be fair, he, McGinn does play deeper. They've had McGinn, Allen and uh, McGeoch was how they finished the season. McGinn was the deepest, Allen was the, the passer and McGeoch made everything. But was that more to accommodate the lot know, too, it, rather than accommodating McGinn? It was very similar to Encham um, and Brown and McGregor. That's yes. how I would kind of see them. And
1: McGinn would be your the Charm. Yeah, again, yeah no, yeah. Deepest not the, from all no, I don't mean
0: deepest so thingy, but he right, can't. So
2: kind of like a. People assume. A
0: people look at McGinn and they say, oh, he's. The attributes that are always ha- given to McGinn is he's hard, he likes to tackle, he's also a. Re- he's a, he's a his long ball passing is excellent. Um, his running with the ball is great. The goals he scored at Ibrooks, where he just. Okay, he's he's running in a straight line. But the fact is, he scores the goals. Can I, can I get a fucking Ballon d'Or for running in a straight line, for fuck's sake? I'm not comparing John McGinn to CACA so John McGinn yet. and Ballon-Dor winner, 2022. Listen, it's there. Um, tomorrow, the Celtic game. Celtic versus Rome, Rosenberg at Parkhead. Prediction. Oh, you've got... You've
1: no, got, we'll do it after. Predictions.
0: Prediction. Uh, I think 2-0 Celtic. 2-0. Okay. Uh, I will go uh, 3-0 Celtic.
1: Delicious. I'm actually going to refer to Matt Rain. Put all his fancy stats into machine. Okay. He came out with a lot of it's called football manager? Percentage <laughs> stuff. <laughs> According to Matt's machine, which he calls Ronnie, uh Celtic has a fifty percent chance of win and the highest probability result is one nil Celtic.
0: One nil Celtic? Yeah. That's well you, high- to be honest, you would take it. That that that
2: that's fine fifteen point three percent apparently. I, I, this I, is
1: just a way for me to get out of doing a
2: prediction. You're saying I really should be at the bookies and put money on one no Celtic. That's the highest. It's fifteen percent chance. The robot. The robot says. fifteen percent chance. <laughs> uh, it says
1: fifty percent chance of Celtic win, twenty eight percent chance of a draw, and twenty two percent. Is that just for tomorrow? Of, that's just for tomorrow.
0: What's okay? We'll get to prediction for the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, the second leg. Uh, Mark at Celtic. Uh, Mark underscore Celtic. Great to have the podcast back. It's a Thanks, pleasure Mark. just to. To, to hear your voice even though it's my voice that's weird um, player and young player of the year predictions you mentioned who did you mention as player of the year and Cham and Cham player of the year young In player Morgan I, I'm
2: oh. going to see Ayo
0: well, fuck up I thought I thought it was going to be Morgan
4: uh, You fuck! He's I just said Iyer Iyer gets both I're. I're. Yeah. Manager,
0: manager of the year Iyer yeah, you will be Fucking the leader team of the year Iyer <laughs> I am now with us and Uh and Stevie says that Jack Henry uh, he thinks Jack Henry is going to be a player for us I do too Stevie I do too Stevie what a boy uh, get Stevie on the pod first podcast of the of the season uh, we're back we're it's all about levels we're evolving we're, we're
1: what, what's happening this year gal
0: we're doing lots of interesting things.
1: Like this week, maybe? This week. Um, yeah, we're doing a... Starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. What we're going to try and do this season is... Minute well, minute by minutes of all the games, or by the minute, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be on Twitter, we're going to give you the game updates... We're gonna get guys who, who think they're funny, and they're gonna try and be funny, but they're also gonna try and be a bit insightful.
0: Which is obviously not me, you, <laughs> or Kieran. <laughs> no,
1: it's not us. We've delegated this out. So um, Graham, we got, a, we got a Graham company, McKay yeah. is going to do the first one tomorrow. So follow ninety minutes cynic for live game updates. We're gonna challenge the official Celtic account.
0: Yeah. So if you're basically if you can't get to watch the game or you're at work or something, follow us on Twitter. We'll give you. Great game updates of what's happening. Uh, I would say minute by minute, but it's say
1: yeah every five minutes. If something happens, we'll we'll tweet about Graham it. Game
0: needs to do a pee and get, yeah. a, wee, get a wee beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's that. We've got some. We've got an announcement at the end of the week. Do we? Yeah. Do we? Well, I was gonna. Well, do you, what what, what are you doing that for?
1: I don't. That that's like a camera. Yeah. Well, we're gonna film a thing on Thursday.
0: Um, but now that's ruined because it was supposed to be a surprise. Okay. So, we won't
1: be filming anything on Thursday. Check
0: out the YouTube <laughs> on, <thank> you, uh, <laughs> on Thursday. You've ruined it! Oh, Nobody's going to listen to Slated. Nah, um, so we've got some updates coming up um, throughout the week. Uh, there'll be another pod this week, um, and they'll probably be, moving forward, we'll probably have two podcasts per week. Um, one on the Tuesday, and one on the Friday, but all of that is, uh, we'll fully update you on that as and when it's happening. Is it going to cost any more? It's not going to cost any more. It's quality content for the same amount of the same price that you pay at the moment, which is nothing. Nothing. Which is free. Um and yeah, and we're going the website 90 minutesyniccom will be will be updated a lot more this season. We'll be doing a lot more interesting things. Uh, the podcast crew is here as always, Kieran, Christian, myself, Louie,
2: Jermani.
1: The cynical is coming Dermot. end of August early September. Probably. Yeah, a new Next cynical edition, coming.
2: Then? Before we finish, do we not need to sad uh, to mourn the loss of a member of the panel? Yes. Brian? S- sadly yeah, deceased sadly.
1: from podcasting.
2: I'm not fucking mourning that. I don't I think I'm
1: anybody remembers him. That's still I mean.
0: know the guy I, I whoever the guy that liked American football. Aye, not the band. Um anyway, thanks for listening. This has been our first podcast. Uh, Kieran Keaton Haran, a pleasure as always. I can barely see you because
2: of your camouflage. Yep.
0: So uh, old. It's, uh, it's w- a pleasure uh, being here. <laughs> I, I am old. Thank you, Kieran, for that punishing uh, exit. Um, Christian, pleasure.
1: Thank you. Oh, um, did mention we'll, we'll do a little bit of cooperation with uh, Christ, w- w- with the modern Fitba website, the new stats and tactics site for for Scottish football.
0: Yeah, we're going to suck you guys dry for all your stats. Yeah, and so knowledge. ourself
1: up uh, because I'm part of that as well. We, we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna be on a few Scottish football podcasts through different ones. But yeah, we're, we're gonna be
2: there. We're gonna have a stats it's corner on the po- stats corner. Stats yes. corner moving forward that you can turn off.
3: If Should you be want to a little fun. Um, are you
2: and for are you going to improve your? performance performance for next week for the the start of the intros of podcasts well, of course you had quite a poor start today
0: hey well listen hey we'll, hey we'll be off to a terrific start every week don't you worry about that i don't know what you're talking about that's it's fine every week how dare you keep uh, from kieran harran from christian wolf from myself chris gallagher we are the 90 minute cynic and we'll speak to you down the road